Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. But Tobe, we're back. South 65 Toba. more days until college football. How you feeling? That's right. Look, hey, it's that time of the year where baseball, tennis, golf, uh, UFC, boxing, they're pretty much carrying us through. I know that we have the Women's World Cup to look forward to this summer as well. But there's nothing like the fall. There's nothing like football season. So, you know, I think Meg even decided to take today off because she's like, look, man, I'm just waiting for football <laughs> season. No, I'm just kidding. Meg's not with us today because she got caught up in some traveling airport type of errors and it's all bad. But, um, man, yeah, just over two months out. And I'm definitely excited about football season. Yeah, Meg ran into that 2020-2021 uh, OSU defense no-fly zone. Uh, so thoughts on her she'll be back next week hopefully but hey uh not a lot going on obviously with news no news really for oklahoma state football but we did stumble on the athletic article that was featuring alan bowman so our our guy now right he's our he's our guy qb1 so uh we gotta we gotta hit on that a little bit and uh uh athletic uh the article was written by bruce feldman and max olson and for those that don't know Feldman is the national college football insider for the athletic and is also a sideline reporter for Fox college football, having covered college football for more than 20 years. And Olson covers national football for the athletic and previously covered the big 12 and recruiting for ESPN.com. So yeah, a couple of guys that probably know what they're talking about. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you love that, uh, you know, an Oklahoma state guy is getting this type of coverage and getting this article written about him by these guys who are accredited in what they do. So, you know, you love to see that. And honestly, man, I don't, I don't know about you, Justin, but as you're, re- you're reading through this thing, you're just like, man, what an easy guy to root for. Or so it right. seems, you know, from the, the hardships that he had to overcome at Texas tech, going to the university of Michigan and then finally transferring over to Oklahoma state QB uh, as Oklahoma state QB and really wanting to compete. Um, you know, you love to see that from the leader of the offense, the leader of the team really, but man, can you give it just a little breakdown of what the article was about? Yeah. And, and kind of before we do, I guess, I think it's widely known that Bowman played for Texas tech and Michigan, but I didn't really connect the dots for some reason. I didn't realize that he played under cliff Kings at tech. Yeah, yeah, a, a Cliff Kingsbury product and a Grapevine at Texas product, which was right in the same district yeah. that I played at. And uh, yeah, just just so you know, we smoked Grapevine whenever we played on my senior year of high school. <laughs> Pretty sure it was a blowout, like fifty-six to zero. But you know, things have changed since then. Oh, Keller, you guys do your thing over there. K Town, stay down, baby. There you go. Well, um, I think that that's probably a good thing, uh, being under the tutelage of Cliff Kingsbury, um, but. That's that's such a weird thing. He's this is their journey he's been on. He's he played under Kingsbury at Tech. He played under Matt Wells at Tech, and then Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, and now Mike Gundy. So it's going to be his fourth head coach, third team, third brand, because he was with Under Armour at Tech, Jordan at Michigan, Nike at Oklahoma State. So uh, <laughs> he's been all over the place, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I was thinking yeah, about that. He's got some experience at all, man. He's got to lay of the land. With him having four different coaches at this point, do you think that that's a an advantage to him having those different perspectives, or you know, some man. some kind of use it as an excuse, like they're, you know, you got all these different coaches, you're you're learning something new every year. I don't know, like, what do you think about that? It depends on the individual. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Um, you know, some people will see it as a detriment. Some other people will see it as an advantage. Um, I've seen players who have had a different position coach or a different coordinator every single year, you know, four years straight, and it completely jacked them up. Or I've seen another one where, you know, that fourth one was finally the individual that, oh, my gosh, finally, I, I get it. Like, this works for me, and I'm able to make it work. So it all depends on how he internalizes everything and how the coaches help him process it all. So, you know, hopefully he's a fast processor, but, you know, that's yet to be seen. Yeah, I think that he is kind of based on that article. It talks about how he was at Texas Tech, goes to Michigan, and had to kind of learn essentially how to play quarterback in a different style, different yeah. footwork, you know, how, how to manage a huddle, uh, what it looks like with bringing in a tight end to you know, help out with zero blitz and things like that. So um, it's, it's interesting that he's got both of the Texas Tech air raid and now that Michigan more of a like, pro style offense i guess and yeah i mean you know michigan in between that yeah i mean michigan did such a great job last season of kind of bridging the gap between the pro style and air raid like they were still very very physical up front had a great running game great running back too um so i think that's going to benefit him being able to kind of dissect the defense and knowing what kind of audibles to call at the line of scrimmage um yeah, I think that's something that maybe we haven't seen much of. I think that Spencer Sanders was actually pretty great at that um, after he was a couple years into the offense. But if he can pick up on that and being able to actually call audibles and adjust protections whenever he gets to the LOS, that can only benefit our team. Right. Yeah, calling uh, you know a couple of plays at a time, totally new concept. I, State is going to adopt that as well, but um, you always, you know, it's nice to be able to go in with an audible, I guess, like, Usually, like from my perspective, what it was, we would go up there, uh, we just basically line up based on the formation call from the sideline. Yeah. And then we'd look over to the quarterback for the signals, and then he would basically call route concepts based on those. Your, uh, it's based on the coverage that you see, and then post-snap, if you see if it's going to be a blitz, if it's going to be the man zone, is, yeah. that's where you're going to be running your route. So. Uh, that's how we were able to kind of dissect defenses back in the day. It was in a way like kind of like the triple option uh, as a, no, as a sure. route runner, you know? So it's Absolutely. like you're just playing based on what the defense is giving you. But Well, Justin, you know what's interesting, man? It seems like at one point, you know, offensive play calling was so – overly sophisticated or even convoluted some would say, you know, it's like 18 right. different lines to call one play. And then it got, super simplified right it was like hey here's one symbol and off of this one symbol it shows you the protection yeah. it shows you the blocking scheme it shows you the routes you're supposed to run and all that stuff and now it's almost like the perfect blend of the two to where there's still that sophistication and at the same time it's not just like it's just so stupid to where whenever you transition to the next level you don't know what the heck you're talking about right, right. so it's almost like a perfect marriage and it's something that the pro system has also adopted so you're seeing an easier transition from guys from uh, you know going from college into the NFL because of that perfect blend of college and pro yeah that's a good call out i don't not to say like oh you know Brandon Whedon couldn't make it in the NFL because of that like not at all i mean the guy he had it down, Justin Blackman, different situation. But there was kind of 
you know, uh, a little bit of a drought from we've had all these good teams. And over the last 10 years, we're top 10 in wins. But then in the NFL, it doesn't necessarily translate to all these, you know, stud athletes and stuff. And I don't know if there's like kind of that that gap between college and pros where uh, it's just not clicking. I like that we are kind of getting back to that. I think that that can be a beneficial aspect in recruiting, bringing guys in, putting guys in the the league, making sure that they have success, and then just saying, like, come in here, follow this process, do the same thing, we'll get you there. Yeah, man. And honestly, man, I think especially for a guy like Alan Bowman, even more impressive how he's able to pick up the play play is going to be his mental fortitude. Um, the things that he's been able to overcome. I mean, this guy had a collapsed lung whenever he was at Texas Tech, working at about a 50% inflated capacity, came back later this season to continue to lead his team. And then, you know, eventually transferred over to Michigan where he had to, you know, sit back behind a few people and decided that he was going to stay at the University of Michigan, not just because of what um, was there athletically, but academically, supply chain management said, hey, I'm actually going to graduate a little earlier, right? So powering through that workload and that curriculum, getting that done so that he could transfer with an extra year of eligibility, come over to Oklahoma State and play. Like, you got to love a guy with a plan. And there's something that uh, one of the best leaders that I've ever been around, right? I had the the honor of um, learning from Coach Brian Flores. Yes, the, the Brian Flores that is suing the NFL. But Coach Flo, there was something that he said to me in a meeting once that I never even considered, I never thought about. He said, the entire offense, okay, not just the quarterback room, not just the wide receivers, but the entire offense tends to take on the personality of your QB. And I never really paid attention to that in, uh, until he said it. And then I started looking around the league, looking around college teams, and I'm just like, man, think about all the best teams out there. Like their their, their QB typically has a little oomph to him, you know. Like he's got some stuff about him. And if yeah. Alan Bowman has that grittiness and he's able to bring some oomph, it makes you a better, you know. It just it, it takes on a better personality. Like the entire offense will be just uh, an offense that can be made up of that same mental fortitude that he had to experience. So that is something that gives me some optimism right there. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, and it sounds like this is the kind of guy that Coach Gundy wants running his offense. We've obviously had success in the past with mature quarterbacks like Brandon Whedon. I would consider you know, Mason Rudolph to be kind of ahead of his time. It seemed like, uh, at least in interviews, Spencer Sanders was kind of on that same level as well. Um, well, different levels, I'll say. But Well, you uh, want to have that right mixture, right? Like you want to have a QB that has that composure. And at the same time, when the time calls for it, he's going to get a little crazy. He's going to get up in somebody's face. He's going to go and celebrate with the teammates. And whenever he gets that big third down, when when it was critical, he might yell up at a defender and yell at his face, right? Like I remember whenever we played the University of Texas in 2010, it was at Texas. And those Mm -hmm. defenders were just talking so much trash the entire game. And and they were losing. They were losing the whole game. (laughs) And then Whedon just had enough. In the fourth quarter, he goes right up to the linebacker. I forget who it was. I think he was he was wearing number four. He goes right up to that linebacker. He goes, hey, mother, how about you look at the scoreboard, huh? Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm doing to you. And I was like, that's my freaking quarterback. That's my QB right there. You know, that's what's needed. That's what's needed from the leader of the team. It's football after all. Definitely. I mean, yeah, as, as the offense, you got to love it. And, uh, backing up, got that leadership. So, yeah, kind of going back to Alan Bowman and his story, 
I guess the story goes that he was looking at Incarnate Word in San Antonio as a potential landing spot because, one, he's from Texas. Uh, two, he knew their coach. And then three, Incarnate Word has a high-powered offense. So, and I'll come back to this point and come back to those points in a minute. But you know, Baylor noticed his name in the portal. They wanted to bring him in to compete for the starting job. And then Coach Kenny, who was at Incarnate Word, was named the head coach of Texas State, and he wanted to bring Bowman there. So we've got Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas State in San Marcos, Texas, and then Baylor in Waco. And, of course, like you mentioned earlier, Bowman played high school football in Grapevine in Dallas-Fort Worth area and then continued his college career in Lubbock. And so that kind of had me worried. You know, I was like, dang, he's going to go to Baylor. And then he gets the call from Coach Dunn, goes up, watches film for five hours, falls in love, comes to Oklahoma State. You got to love it. No, I mean, how can you not love that? And I love that anecdote there at the end. Came to Oklahoma, came to Stillwater, watched film for five hours, fell in love with Oklahoma State. So it's not just somebody who's like, yeah, I guess this is somewhere that I can go. No, he actually loves the university, loved the culture, and he wanted to be here. And I think that just goes right in line with what we have been trying to build within the locker room this whole offseason. Find guys that want to be here. And it especially makes a difference whenever that guy is your quarterback. And then, you know, that kind of trickles down and bleeds into the rest of the locker room. Yeah. Uh, so that article says, on the visit to Stillwater, Dunn and Rattay went through film of their air raid concepts as well as their zone run scheme and showed Bowman that, like, what they've done and what they're really good at. So Oklahoma State showed them that it has taken plays from Michigan's offense and implemented them into its own. So we're going to see some style of, you know, Michigan. Maybe this is, like, pre I don't want to say pre-Gundy, like maybe early Gundy years of whenever it was more based on the run game, uh, maybe a little conservative play calling, if you want to call it that, but uh, protection, protecting the ball and um, not so much of the air raid concepts, but we still have that high power if we need it. Um, Obviously, our receiving core is one of the strengths of our offense, so that makes no sense to go away from that and just, just rely on the run game. I think that it's going to be this balance that's needed to kind of just really throw the defense off uh, of their game. Like Bowman's also talking about bringing in tight ends into the mix um, for not only protection, um, but you know, for run, run game blitzes, you know, picking up blitzes, but Dude, just like being able to incorporate that back into the passing game as well. I think the tight ends have been kind of overlooked in a way. And we really only hear about the elite ones, you know, like Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. And it's like, dude, those guys are like making it work though. Like this is, I'm not saying yeah. we're going to have something like that at Oklahoma state, but Hey, why not? You know, maybe I'll tell you what, soon. There, there are several times that, you know, the fans will give the tight end position at Oklahoma State a bit of a hard time because seemingly tight ends leave Oklahoma State and they go on a ball out. Right. But, man, you cannot uh, you, you, you cannot count out. And like, I think it's a little underappreciated how valuable um, 
the run blocking from the tight end has been at Oklahoma State. I mean, right. over the years, you're right, these tight ends were able to get in the line and actually create these these holes for the running backs and for the quarterbacks at times. Um, it's, it's just been like so underappreciated as, uh, as far as how good our tight end coaches have been at coaching up, um, you know, the run blocking aspect of it. So, um, you know, as long as that continues, man, I know that one thing that we got better at last season from my um, point of view was just uh, power, power blocking and power runs, right? I think, um, you know, the wide zone kind of got away from that a little bit and went more into the power runs and seemed to be pretty effective. So, you know, as long as we can keep that ball rolling, and I'm pretty um, I'm pretty optimistic about the new lineman that came in. Um, uh, I think there's a new left tackle. I forget his name. His name is escaping me right now. But that guy, um, I've heard some pretty good pretty good things about him in camp so far. So, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped about what we can do in the running game and with the new commander um, behind behind center. Yeah, I was going to be under center, but I don't know if we're going to be under center. So behind no, center. that's what that's what they were saying. A little bit is going to be under center. They were talking about potentially, you know, at the 50 yard line, just get lining up in 13 formation and just running that thing, you know. So I said some good things about what Coach Dunn might have up his sleeve this season, man. I think that he's a little bit on the hot seat. I think he might have right. a little chip on his shoulder. I think he wants to prove some people wrong. I know that there's a saying out there that says that, hey, it's not about proving people wrong. It's about proving yourself right. But I think in this case, man, like you can uh, you can be pretty driven by wanting to shut some people up. I know that I have over the course of my life. So, yeah, if he's able to channel that and use it in the right direction, then um, we can get pretty creative with our play calling. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, this is Coach Dunn's got a refresh because now – He's getting to operate the offense for the first time in the post-Spencer Sanders era. He's only had Spencer Sanders as a quarterback. And, yes, he has had talented players on that side of the ball. We've had Chuba in the backfield, Jalen Warren, Tylen Wallace. These are NFL guys that have been on your offense. But over the last three seasons, OSU's offense has been in the bottom half of the Big 12 in, in rankings, like yards per play and different things like that. So – yeah, now's the time, man. You gotta gotta show up, like you said, prove yourself right. And uh, I'm excited to see what it looks like. In a lot of ways, I think it could be similar to what Coach Gundy did whenever he's had his back up against the wall. But go with a seven and six, eight and four type of yeah. season, and then turn around and then win ten games. So, you know, I'm excited to see what it looks like uh, for for Coach Down this upcoming year. Um, but in my opinion, you you almost have to start off hot. Uh, against these non-conference opponents and and not so much ease into the season heading into conference play against Iowa State. I think you got to be on your A game from day one. It's got to be Bowman's on point, Ollie Gordon's on point, Presley, all of our receivers, Lyman, everything. Yeah, and uh, what's encouraging to me is Bowman actually used some NIL money and took out five Oklahoma State receivers to uh, I think it was San Diego that I mentioned, San Diego State, something like that. They went over and uh, they they trained with a private quarterbacks coach, and um, I think it was a former Green Bay Packers receiver who helped work with the, with the wideouts. And it's like, dude, I mean, NIL, like this is what it's for, right? I mean, I wish we could have done something like that whenever we were playing, uh, but that would have been an NCAA violation. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, look, remember – I, I didn't say it on the actual podcast, but we talked about it privately when I was like, hey, look, there's a Michigan quarterback that's coming to Oklahoma State. 
It's going to get some NIL money. Like I had the information because of somebody that I knew and I don't, I, I don't, I didn't want to disclose who that was. And I still want to disclose who that was because I trust the individual, but um, I had a feeling that whenever he got here, he was going to be very selfless with that money. And I'm just so glad that he was able to take the team out there and that they were able to do that activity together. Cause that's what you want to see, man. That's honestly what you want to see from the leader of your team. And as long as they can continue to, to, to click, right. Like click on all cylinders. Cause what you said is absolutely right. You have to start the year strong, but Gosh, I hope you really finish strong. I think even more importantly, if there's one thing that we learned from last season is that you can start strong and the season can still be a failure. So, yeah, finish strong. But, man, I hope that they continue to mesh and that the glue just stays there, uh, you know, through all 12 games of the regular season and then, and then make a pretty good postseason push. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, as far as starting strong, it's similar to what we were talking about earlier with your offense taking on – you know, mirroring what your quarterback is like, you know, personality, yeah. the personality of the team, the culture of the team, it starts from day one. It starts from, I mean, it starts yeah. right now in the summer, but it starts whenever you put on the pads and you hit another team for the first time and set the tone for the season. And man, yeah, we have, we have a great opportunity heading into this upcoming year. And yeah, I'll you know, tell then, you what. Yeah. One thing that I know is no matter how this season goes, it's going to be a heck of a ride. <laughs> it's going to be a heck of a ride. And that's, ooh, that is yet to be seen, man. I remember there was that. You remember the Dax Garmin year? Yeah, like 2014, Dax I think. Year. Yeah, bro. Like that season was a freaking ride. Like talk about a freaking emotional roller coaster. Yeah. But you know what? I had a heck of a time during <laughs> that season. Wasn't the best season out there, but man, that was a ride. So I just feel like, you know, no matter which direction this season goes, whether it's 12 and 0, whether it's 6 and 6, it is going to be a freaking ride. I, I yeah, I just can't see 6 and 6. And it w- if it would be a ride, that'd be a terrible ride and I would want to get off. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> I can't see 6 and 6 either. So yeah, hopefully it's a fun ride. Hopefully it's a fun ride. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, 65 that's days. 65 days until college football is back. But uh, that is, for the most part, it as far as Oklahoma State football news is concerned. Uh, aside from, say, recruiting. And uh, I don't know about you, Eve, but I gotta, I'm like raising up my own kids and I don't have time to follow all the new kids coming in all the time. So, you know, that's right. get on the field. Let me hear your name for you know, doing some good things. And uh, then I will go back and look at whatever stars you had and be like, Oh yeah, that was a good, that was a good job guys. Great recruit. That's, um, exactly, that's exactly how I am, man. <laughs> that's how I am. You come in, fall in line, ball out, become a leader eventually. And then we'll pay attention to the, to the route that it took for you to get here. Right. Um, and that's why I like doing an episode like this, man. I like an episode like this where we can take a player, his unique route, and just kind of talk about it for 30 minutes and, um, you know, really give them the credit that they deserve, right? Give them the respect that they deserve heading into the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what every player coming into the program should really aspire for is to just come in, put in the work, um, you know, beat some odds, defy the things that are against you, and then, you know, maybe someday believe in OK State. We'll talk about you on our podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But, I, love it. I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, the rest of this off season, we'll be able to cover a number of different topics. I think we're probably going to 
give a little bit more of a deeper dive into the Big 12 newcomers, um, see what it looks like as far as how Oklahoma State may be able to match up against them. Um, But that's it as far as football goes for right now. I guess you had something else that you wanted to bring up for uh, Mr. Dave Hunziker, though. That's right. I want to give a shout out to the Go Pokes voice, Dave Hunziker. He's been named the National Sports Media Association Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year. Good for you, Dave Hunziker. Man, you keep us all fired up. You keep us going. And there is nothing like watching the Oklahoma State football highlight and hearing, good night, Vienna. Love it. Dave is is great. Any other, uh, what, South Toba summertime memories that – you saw him like right. I don't know pop up on Facebook from memories twelve years ago. How sad is that? Go to the <laughs> pool and show some abs, bro. Go to the pool and show some abs. I tell you what, I got my offline mode shirt on right now. And for all the YouTube viewers, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I'm about to be off the grid. Don't nobody talk to me for at least six <laughs> days. Six days. Uh, but definitely want to wish everybody a happy Independence Day. For those of y'all that are celebrating, be safe. And uh, we will see y'all on the next episode of Believe in OK State. And as always, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online. So like the video, leave us a comment, follow us on Twitter, and go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.